I will admit that I was actually a little bit afraid talking about this topic because it is it is a little difficult. Um, and I will also say I am the least experienced person at this entire conference, I think, and especially in this room. So don't listen to everything I say because I have a tiny bit of experience. But what is the moon exactly? Um, so I tried to do, use this as a metaphor for the overall session. And the moon is, in many companies, what we refer to as the vision or the mission of our companies. Everyone has them. Some are stronger, um, some are a little bit weaker than others. But overall, it refers to a place where we want to go, a way we want the world to look. Um, and that's what we're aiming for every single day when we go into this. And then also, you probably heard about the word moonshot. Moonshot is also something that we like to idolize in the startup industry. And the word originates in some form from the very famous Apollo 11 mission trying to go to the moon. And this was a mission that was highly likable to fail in a huge way, and therefore it was stopped a moonshot. A side note to that is when we face difficulties, I always think back to the Apollo 11 mission trying to put people on the moon literally with no computing power. We have nothing that is as hard as that. So in the startup world, um, we often stumble our way into the good old tech crunch. And then we sit there and read about these overnight billion-dollar companies that was created. And quite frankly, I adore it. I do it myself. Um, and the funny thing is that unlike the rest of us, these guys apparently only needed one shot to go to the moon. They're quite, quite good. And I'm sitting back thinking, what am I doing wrong? When I founded Slide, I was 22 years old. I had zero experience um, about running a startup, and I just wanted to change uh, how we shop in offline fashion stores, which became my moon and my vision that I wanted to achieve. I'd no I knew nothing about it. I only knew that I hated shopping, like a lot of people. Um, and like that wasn't bad enough. I also wanted to do it with what was mentioned before, with the hardware component. And I still, to this day, advise everyone talking about hardware not to do it unless you're extremely well-funded, because it is, sorry, fucking hard. Um, so I went out there and wanted to start, had zero experience, raising money, um, uh, running a company, hiring people. Think about it, I'm 22 years old. Who wants to work for a crazy 22-year-old kid who is thinking about a big dream and has no experience at all? Turned out not a lot of people want to do that. But I actually managed to raise some money. We ended up raising a total of 10 million euros. I uh, had some, some quite good investors join. I had some people uh, who were really talented join the journey also. Uh, and from there on, we, we went on and, and tried to build this out. Um, but still, I was just a kid who grew up in a farm in northern Jutlands and graduated high school, so I had zero experience. So we start out um, with, this, with this journey, and I think, um, I think what we learned very quickly was that a lot of things are going wrong. A lot of these things are not working out the way that we thought they were going to work out, and it was quite tough for us, actually, to, to get it, get to there. And the reason I think for me it was very tough is for everyone who has been a founder, anyone who has been in a company, you know what you do when you get a good idea? You try to convince others to join and believe in you. And so 
I thought that everyone believed in me. My employees believed in the, um, the, the vision of going to the moon, and we had also figured out the approach of getting there. Uh, investors believed in me. Everyone believed in me. But what was happening is pretty much two of the engines on the rocket wouldn't start. Um, so what are we doing? Um, really what we're trying to do is, 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 is just keep pushing. That was the thing. We kept pushing. And I didn't trust myself enough to actually go out there and say, maybe we should make a change here, because everyone was believing in me. So um, we're two years into this journey. Um, and what happens out of nowhere is that, remember, um, we're selling technology to offline fashion retail. And then out of nowhere, COVID hits. Um, and as in quite early, very arrogant founder, I was like, we have plenty of runway. I was setting up a store in Copenhagen with my team, and then our prime minister closes the entire country down. S go to my car, and then on the way home, I started calling all of the in these investors that I had passed away, and I was like, yeah, so a slot has opened up. And they're like, yeah, we're going to pass on this one. So a really difficult position that we were in. Um, but what it taught me and what was really, really important for me was that this was the moment when everyone looked at me and said, this approach we're doing now to go to the moon is not going to be the right one because COVID has hit and no one is going to buy your product now. So you have to change. It was a blessing. I had in my head for the last year been like, I think we should change something. But I'm too afraid to go to my investors. I'm too afraid to go to my employees and tell them we're doing something different. Because then the original thing and the original approach, which I came up with, was wrong, right? If we're doing something different, what we did before is wrong. That was extremely difficult for me personally to accept that. So in short, doing those changes, I thought to myself with COVID, well, it wasn't really my fault, right? Because the stars just suddenly aligned and it was perfect timing to have COVID hit. Because now we had to do something different. We could actually do what I wanted to do. So this is what I learned, and I think learning that really looking into when to change is very, 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 very important. Um, and, and that, for me, is what changed the company. So we, we started doing these changes and had a couple of changes six months after that also, but things were moving in the right direction, and we were moving closer. In this period, what we did is I think a lot about this as we still wanted to go to the moon, and in my head, if you do a pivot, you start to go from the moon, and then you say, OK, I want to go to Mars. This is kind of like, for those who've heard about Slack or Twitter, coming out of a gaming company or something like that. That, for me, is going from the uh, aiming for the moon and then going to Mars instead. What we did is a little bit different. What we said, we still want to go to the moon. We just have to build a rocket that's different. So we just have to do something different in the approach. The aim and the vision was still the same. And the, aim and the vision today is still the same. And we don't have hardware anymore. We have some in stock, but we don't have it anymore. So what we did is we went out, looked at the bigger picture, and said, OK, what will we have to change the next six months that will change our trajectory to go to the moon? And we didn't really have anything that came to our mind. So we actually did a little pivot on the approach phase, which was the most important thing. What I also learned in this period, and I think there has been a talk about this, is admitting your failures. So I, as a very young, naive founder, had to learn that I had to accept my failures. And I will tell you that everyone tells you this is something you have to do. It's fucking hard. It's really, really hard to do. 
I don't want to be wrong. No one here wants to be wrong. But you have to learn it. And for me, it was the hard way. Someone can just do it. I was inexperienced. I was selfish. I did not know how to do it. But I learned it the hard way. But what's even more important than admitting your failure is actually to communicate it. So once I started replacing a very militaristic way of communicating, a very like Elon Musk, Steve Jobs is doing like this, I will also just go in a room and yell at people. It's not working, especially in this country. Um, go to the US, maybe a little different. So what I learned is that when I stood up in a room, in a boardroom or in front of my employees and said, you know what guys, I was wrong. This was not the right way. They all looked at me like, oh, awesome. What would we do? What are we going to do now? I was like, I think this could be a good way. It's like, okay, let's do that. But it's it's very important to keep your investors and employees engaged. And what I learned is that admitting failure is the first thing, but the second and most important thing is to communicate it and be open about it. It's very important. So once we've been through this, um, we really started to see different things. And I will say say this to you. I have been now trying two to three different approaches in order to go to the moon, but I know if I had made one, I wouldn't be here today. The last thing is when you are building this rocket, trying to reach to the moon or going to the moon, you know the hockey stick curve? That's when engine starts to kick in. That's when you know when it's liftoff time. And that is the tough part of founding a company. From there on, I say it's just, it's just making sure you have the right people in the cockpit you have enough fuel, in this case cash, to actually get there, uh, or you have to create some way of producing the fuel yourself. And then at some point, you may hit the moon, or you may implode before you get there, like a SpaceX rocket, for example, in the early days. But I want to say this, I am not afraid to admit that I was wrong, um, and I think you should not be afraid to admit that you were wrong either. Thank you. <laughs>